Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Bolin, coffee aficionado and uh, one half of Car Stuff. Coffee aficionado. I'm I'm reaching, man. I felt bad because our producer, Matt, just uh, gave us the signal while I was halfway through gulping <laughs> down a fine cup of joe. Understood. I'm not a coffee drinker myself. That's true. You've got the... Uh, Soft drinks. Yeah, you follow a different path. Cola, pop, soda, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Coca-Cola. Whatever your region. Can we say the be. brand name? I don't know. Uh, so why not? We're in Atlanta. We can say Coca-Cola, right? Sure. It's a hey, bigger speech. You know what? We got uh, something much bigger to talk about today than just uh, our beverages. That's true. That's let's, true. Uh, let's talk about uh, – we'll talk about Bentley. Yes. Let's talk about the Bentleys, Scott. Let's talk about the Bentley vehicles and the story of the Bentley company yeah. because this is um, – Another podcast about the history of a car company mm-hmm. manufacturer. You know what? I'm, I'm going to make a quick observation here and tell me if I'm wrong on this. Absorve. Um, I'd say just about anywhere, a Bentley would be an uncommon sight. Wouldn't you think? Yes. It's a pretty exclusive, pretty, um, I don't know, prestigious item. Sure. Expensive, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's expensive. It's, uh, it's name kind of synonymous with uh, luxury and uh, well, performance now. Um, I would also say that, um, you know, like I said, most places it's pretty rare. Here in Buckhead, we've talked about this in the Buckhead region of Atlanta. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah. We've talked about this often. It's quite a car scene here. Right. Uh, a lot of exotics, right. a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of, of high imports. End. Yeah, a lot of imports. I would say that a Bentley sighting is, is very common here in Buckhead. Which I'm kind of getting to the point where it's it's almost a uh, um, I want to say it like a, a, a mundane thing. It it just happens. Like it, you'll pass it on the street, and I won't even it won't even turn my head anymore. 
Because <laughs> that's probably because you have some crazy three wheeled vehicle to look Isn't at. That over nuts. Here. I mean, I, yeah. I I would never have thought that would happen, but it it has, and it's only been in the last maybe two years uh, that I've realized that. I'm, I'm seeing one probably every other day here in this, this area. And I don't know if that's because there's, you know, it just happens to be more Bentley fans here. Mm-hmm. Um, just happens to be the, uh, the car of choice now among people that, you know, buy the high end vehicles. I don't know what the, the reason is behind that, but. Well, it's uh, interesting that you say that. Before we launch into this, I can give you a bit of speculation, a okay, little, sure. little bit of context here. Yeah. Uh, Bentleys have become increasingly popular. Uh, in U.S. culture right now, there are songs written about them. People will or, or refer to uh, a Bentley in their song, hmm. and also uh, various people, uh, various people who have grown up with the image of a very high-end, luxury, stately car like the Bentley. Or excuse me, understated. Mm-hmm. Bentleys are so classy. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. The people who've grown up with this idea, you know, um, if you're, if you become successful in your lifetime and you want to buy a car that has always represented to you very, very luxurious circumstances, opulence almost, then, um, the Bentley is a go-to for a lot of people. You know, it's funny. Here's how, here's how common they're becoming. I, I hate to use this word with it, but, it, but yeah. it really is recently. Um, and I promise we'll get into the, the, sure, the sure. car maker itself in a moment, but, there's a Honda dealer near where I live, and I've mentioned this place before. I've stopped in there a couple times to ask some yeah, questions. Yeah. Um, they have some unusual cars on the lot. They had a uh, they had a Bentley on the lot. They had a, a white drop top Bentley on the lot at a Honda. And, yeah, at a Honda dealer in the used car deal- dealership area. And uh, you know, there's something funny going on at this dealer though. Like I think somebody's you know they're they're buying the cars that they want to keep on the lot, and I I don't know <laughs> what the purpose is behind this, but yeah. but um, right now. Uh, the Bentley's gone, but, um, they have two Shelby GT500s. Uh, they also have, uh, a Nissan GTR and they have an Audi R8 on the lot. So, um, and this is at a Honda dealership, a used car dealership. Yeah, that's weird. Really strange. So, you know, there's something there. Someone's really selective about the used cars they're, they're bringing in. You gotta ask them. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine that they're trading those in for, um, a Civic, but maybe mm-hmm. they are. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anyways, let's 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 get on to uh, let's get on to the uh, the company itself and history of the, of the vehicle and sure. you know, kind of what it's what it's meant over the years. Well, according to Bentley's website, it starts with a 22 year old quote obsessed by speed and its potential for changing the world. Mm-hmm. That 22 year old is a fellow by the name of W O Bentley. Yeah, Walter Owen Bentley. Uh, born in 1888, mm-hmm. uh, he lived all the way until, get this, Ben, he lived all the way until 1971. Uh, so longevity in that, uh, in that family there. But, um, I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, I thought he would have been gone long before that. I don't know. The mm-hmm. name to me is such an old name in, in motoring. Yeah. Um, because you're talking about a, uh, a car maker that, uh, this is, again, we, we say this often, right from the dawn of the automobile, he's interested in cars early on. Yes. Um, has a, uh, he's, he's putting together, um, well, he's putting together engines by World War One, right? Right. Uh, this yeah. guy is, he's a mechanical, mechanical person. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he an engineer? Uh, he is a mechanically proficient person, though the way he got his start primarily, uh, with, Motoring in general was uh, motorcycle racing okay. on the Isle of Man, um, mm-hmm. and he started to really get acclimated to speed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
no offense, Scott, but kind of a got a lead foot condition, sure. if you will. And uh, the engines still weren't powerful enough, so he banded with his brother, uh, one H.M. Bentley. Mm-hmm. And uh, together they uh, acquired the – it's called an agency, so it's kind of like a, um, a license to sell or like a franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they acquired the United Kingdom agency for a uh, French company. Oh, buddy. Are we going to try this French? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Uh, Dorian Flandrine Imperon. Very nice. Are you kidding? Or you I'm, took us there. I'm so, oh, really thanks. took us there with that. Well, let's take it back to English. We'll call it DFP. Okay. Good. And I, I apologize to all the Francophones <laughs> as we seem to do once a month. Yeah, sure. Um, so these guys, uh, get together and they start working on the problem of, uh, speed and power. Okay. Existing simultaneously. Roughly what year are we talking here? Uh, this is 1912 when they come Okay, together. 1912. So this is pre-World War One, right? Yes. Okay, now during the war, uh, you know, the World War One breaks out. It's amazing we're talking about back to World War One, but we are. Um, yeah. Building uh, rotary aero engines for, um, you know, for use during the war. Now they mm-hmm. build, now these, en- these, uh, engines bear the Bentley name. Uh, the fact, the first one, uh, actually not the first one, but the most famous of these engines was the BR-1, uh, which used the Bentley name and, mm-hmm. um, it powered the Sopwith Camel. Uh, mm-hmm. And that name should be familiar to just about everyone. I mean, World War one flying aces used uh, the Sopwith right. Camel. Um, anyways, it, fantastic aero engines and, uh, became really well known in that uh, that, that circle, um, yeah. as far as reliability, um, just general, uh, you know, ease of, ease of operation and, uh, you know, the, uh, power mm-hmm. you were mentioning earlier, um, just really well engineered engines, well put together, solid, solid engines. And they also had the, uh, BR2, right? Mm-hmm. Afterwards, yes. yep. uh, a little tinkering there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until the end of World War One that these guys actually said, hey, why don't we? Why don't we try the same thing, but with cars? Let's try this new car thing that's yeah, uh, happening here. This automobile craze mm-hmm. that's sweet because you know around that time automobiles were more popular than Facebook. Everybody yeah. wanted one. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. Horseless uh, carriages. Right. So he's been he's been thinking about this though. Uh, our our boy W O has been thinking about these for years. Mm-hmm. The the ability to build a car. And so he wants it to uh, satisfy his demands as a racer, his demands as a gentleman of refinement, mm-hmm. and of course his demands as an engineer, a, a techie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't answer that earlier. Oh, he, that's right. He's an engineer. He is an engineer. Okay, yeah. sorry, man. <laughs> and and so by what about 1919, mm-hmm. early 1919, uh, that is actually when uh, Bentley Motors is formed. Yes, yes, it's sir. founded by uh, Walter Owen Bentley, of course. And, um, you know, pretty much right away, he begins, um, work on, on not only, you know, road cars, ex- exceptional road cars, but also on racing cars. Yes. And this is yes. big in Bentley history because mm-hmm. Bentley is, uh, Bentley is a, a powerful name in racing, uh, from a long way back. There's a long break in this, uh, in this history, mm-hmm. uh, but it does come back. So if you want to talk about, uh, some of the, some of the, um, some uh, of the races? The prestigious wins that they had, ah, actually. Yeah. Uh, there were some outright wins at mm-hmm. Le Mans. We're talking early in the company history. 
1923. Yeah, starting in 1923. So you got a company that's formed in 1919, uh-huh. and by 1923, they're they're racing in Le Mans. They didn't win in 23. They won in 24 for the first time. No, they were uh, yeah, they were fourth in the uh, in their first race, which exactly. even getting fourth in Le Mans. Incredible. Is amazing. Absolutely yeah. incredible. 24 hour endurance race. Um, and you know, you're talking about just four years after the founding, founding of the company. Uh, mm-hmm. by 1924, first place, Ben. First place in the 24 hour Le Mans, which is huge. Um, and they continued to race through the 1920s all the way up until about 1930. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that time, they actually had five overall wins in Le Mans. Which is uh, absolutely amazing. Between 1924 and 1930, they had five wins, mm-hmm. and even uh, just a little bit earlier, 1922. Now, these these initial wins are with the original Bentley three liter motor, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and so um, they also uh, were able to. Let's see. They they also had the British double twelve hours. They they were. Going toward the record, their average speed in 1922 was 86.79. Not bad. Not bad at all, especially for the 20s, you know? Not bad. And uh, they – in 1925, we see them moving up to a a 6.5-liter engine. (laughs) Big, big time. That's a heck of a jump, That is a big time jump. You know, I want to just quickly fill in the gap on this uh, this racing thing before we move on Uh Um, because we'll get into some of the the modern cars and, you know, some of the cars along the way and just – some of the more exciting things that's happening that are happening with the company right now, but um, between 1930, here, well, here's what happened. I guess yes. we should just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag at this point. Let's get the um, cat out. And you'll probably notice that you know these these vehicles share a lot of lines, a lot of styling with Rolls Royce. Yes, and a lot of people are probably wondering why. Yeah, what's the deal with that, right? Uh-huh. Okay, well, they were two separate companies at one point, mm-hmm. all the way up until about 1931 when um you know the Great Depression is starting, you know, beginning to hit mm-hmm. and um you get uh, up to a point where Bentley is not in a good financial position, Rolls-Royce is in a slightly better position. Uh Rolls-Royce did purchase uh Bentley in 1931 mm-hmm. and uh they stopped the racing program because that's not what they were really all about. And Bentley was a a Real, I mean, a formidable, um, you know, competitor, yeah, uh, for Rolls Royce, of course, because you know they're these big luxury vehicles, you know, again, prestigious, you know, everything that that uh, Rolls Royce was as well. But uh, Bentley was really making some some tracks. They were they were um, I don't know is that the right way to say that they were they were they were doing really well, and it was a good opportunity for Rolls to, to kind of take over. Yes, and they did just yeah. that. So they stopped the racing program in 1931. Mm-hmm. They didn't pick up racing again. Bentley didn't. Pick up racing again. Now it still existed as a brand, right? A brand, you know, they were a brand all, under Rolls Royce. Under Rolls Royce, so you could still get a Bentley model after, you know, after 1931, yeah. of course. Uh, but they shared a lot of, of technology with Rolls Royce and a lot of design. Uh, exactly, a lot of design. In fact, a lot of years were mm-hmm. basically indistinguishable. Some some years were. Um, it wasn't until 2003 that Bentley was back into the world of endurance racing. That's a 73 year break. Uh-huh. Um, in oh, actually, I'm sorry, in 19, I'm sorry, 2001. 2001. In, in 2003, that's a special year because that was when the Bentley EXP Speed 8, uh, won Le Mans again. They mm-hmm. won the race one, one more time. Um, now that's again, 73 years away from racing is a long, long time for Bentley, uh, for any company. Yes. Um, but, and- um, just remarkable that you could be away for so long and then come back so strong. That's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but we do need to point out that for a race car 
manufacturer, no matter how sophisticated, no matter how experienced, uh, winning a race is not like riding a bicycle no, because no. there is there is such a fierce competition mm-hmm. for every single edge that if you are if you're out for years you have maybe one one or two advantages the first advantage is you do have the possibility of surprising the other folks mm-hmm. the second advantage is that you do have the possibility of leapfrogging technology and leapfrogging technology is a term that it, it's just what it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's saying that, okay, if we're Bentley and we've been out of the racing game, then instead of having to, uh, go through the blood, sweat and tears of figuring out various improvements that other people have found, we can just copy those. Yeah. And improve them. You so. start at the top, really. You start at the top. You start That's at the top, and you it's, it. it's your game to lose at that point, really. I guess. I suppose you could look at it that way. But in, there's, but there's it, also growing yeah. pains. Yeah, I was going to say. But in addition yeah. to uh, to those two advantages, which <laughs> okay. are both possible, again, they're not definites. No. Uh, you have a wealth of disadvantages. Yeah, many, many more disadvantages yeah. than there are advantages to being away from that game. And uh, so Bentley, they they came back strong in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, they returned in 2001, as I mentioned. But um, 2003, that was you know a special year for them because in this comeback uh, since you know having not been around since 1930. So mm-hmm. a big, big win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess we could talk about some of the the uh, the models along the way if you want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Without getting too detailed here, because. Um, there's an awful lot of them. I mean, pages and pages of, of different types and mm-hmm. different, uh, different marks along the way and half years and, right. um, but basically the, the engine sizes went, well, I mean, up until 1930, they went, geez, up to eight liters. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the six and a half liter, didn't you? Yes. Uh, they had a three liter, a four and a half liter, a six and a half liter, and then an eight liter engine, mm-hmm. uh, which is just enormous. And you can still find some of these on, you know, if you go to Hemmings or someplace like that where you can find, Old vehicles, you know, maybe um, good search engines where you can just find some decent photos of concourse cars and things like that. You'll find a lot of – well, not a lot, but you find a few Bentley 8 liters around still. Now, they went uh, they went back down to a smaller engine size mm-hmm. after Rolls-Royce acquired the company. Yeah, exactly. Back to back down, and yep. uh, you know, of course, the model, the model names, and and the, the way they designate the uh, the the uh, the vehicles change too. You know, they have different mark numbers and right, yeah, the, you know, the R types and the T um, types, exactly, exactly. So um, Do now, you, oh, what's that? No, no, you go. Oh, okay. Well, now we got. Um, if you want to jump up into uh, modern day, modern I mean, day, you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so there's several different. Right. Uh, makes now, I guess, of Bentley. Mm-hmm. If you want to, uh, you want to put it that sure. way. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the two main models of Bentley are the Arnage and the Azure. Okay. And then everything is kind of based off of those designs, right? Right, right. Think of them like umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And then our different series, uh, the R and the T or the RL are coming under that umbrella. All right. It gets a little confusing, I know. And they've got special editions, you know, where they have the uh, the Continental, they have the, the Mulsanne, they have, um, you know, Super Sports models, uh, GTC, I think it's GTC, is that one? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's one. Anyways, the uh, the the... Yeah, they've got super sports convertibles. They've got all yeah. kinds of different models. And um, anyways, it, it gets to be real complicated. You can look at the site and find all of the models all in one place. Um, because the one really neat thing about this this company is, and I I, I want to talk about their coach building. Ah, facility. the customization. Exactly. Which yeah. is uh, that's a really good thing to talk about. And I'm glad it's like. 
you're reading my mind here, you know, uh, because that is one of the most distinguishing factors mm-hmm. of this entire company, this entire type of vehicle. Right. And they've got their, their headquarters is in Crewe, England, uh, which is, where is that? That is in Cheshire in the UK. Um, it's, uh, let me see. It's a, it's a, I guess a facility is probably the way to say this, right? I was going to uh, say I, compound. I, I don't know how to, how to put this. It's like, it's like it's its own, um, industry within Bentley's yes. bigger compound. I guess it, it, boy, I'm having a hard time describing how this it's works. It's its own domain. Yeah. Perhaps? I, I guess so. It's, uh, it's within the Bentley facility. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a coach builder really. And, and this is really kind of crazy because they say that it's the, the last bastion of coach building in the 21st century. And, and I believe it. Uh, this is one of those things where you can, you can get a Bentley completely custom made. And I know other cars you can do mm. similar things with, right? Yes. But Bentley, you gotta admit, I mean, you want a certain type of wood on the dash. You want, um, you know, certain type of, of material and stitching on the seats. You can get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want embroidery in the, in the mat on the trunk. You can have that. You can, it can get anything you want here. If you go through, uh, this, this company, which is called Bentley uh, Mulliner, right? Mulliner. That's Mulliner. right. Mulliner. And, um, it, again, it's just their, their coach, bu- coach building, um, facility. Yeah. And you can go and have, have these vehicles commissioned or, you know, you can have personal options added to this. You work with the designers, you work with the, um, you know, the engineers who put the thing together and they tell you what can and can't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly they just tell you they can do it really. Uh, if you throw enough money at this thing, I'm sure that you can do anything, right? It always makes me think of, uh, what was that car from The Simpsons? We've talked about it. Oh, yeah. That, uh, um, can- Canyon Arrow? Oh, well, that one too. Yeah, there's yeah. that and there's, uh, the Homer. The Homer. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking yeah, about. It's yeah. the Homer. Um, but, you know, these are much more tasteful um, than that much, vehicle. Much, much more. So you can do, like I said, you can do anything you want. And again, there's more information about that on the corporate website. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta take a second though about sure. Moliner. Yeah. Um, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, we should point out that that company, uh, acquired by Bentley, but is older than Bentley. Really? Yeah. I and didn't it, know that. Yeah, yeah. They, um, they predate cars, man. They used to just make saddles. Hmm, makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, so they began to design horse coaches in the 18th century, and that's when they started building, uh, their reputation. Uh, they actually built the, um, interior for the, for W.O. Bentley's XP1, EXP1. So these are true coach makers. Yes, sir. Or coach builders, I should say. And, um, they've got well, like cabinet make, cabinet makers, dude. Seriously. I, oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I, I wanted to mention this because if you go on a, if you go on their website on the Bentley factory tour, yeah. um, click on the Bentley factory tour and you can, of course, you can take a, a tour, uh, where you'll find, and it, here's, I'm going to quote from the, uh, from the, the list here, but it says coach builders working alongside electronic specialists, paint experts, cabinet makers, mm-hmm. Coppersmiths alongside trim specialists. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible, really. I mean, when you think uh, about it, you've got coppersmiths and cabinet makers working on your car. Yeah. Um, that just shows you the, the level of quality that, uh, you know, craftsmanship that goes into the, these cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a, there's a ton happening with Bentley, even, even now. And if you go and check out their latest news and, and information, you'll find out that, you know, that they're doing things like this year, earlier this year, they broke the, uh, the world speed record on ice. Uh, really? Yeah, and there's this is kind of strange, but there's a lot of automakers doing things on ice now. They've got endurance records, they've got speed records, and I don't know why it's it's kind of coming back. Um, these are records that you know had stood for a long time in the past. Now yeah. they're, they're being broken again. I don't know why they're doing mm-hmm. this, but they are. Um, but the 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 new 
speed record as of right now is 205.48 miles per hour, uh, which is broken by a Continental Super Sports convertible, which is, wow. you know, on nothing but ice, sheer ice. Um, awful fast. On I ice. wonder how long it takes to slow. I would Slow think it takes a stop. long, long time. You're pretty much coasting, I would think. Yeah, you've got to be. I bet they're out in the middle of nowhere, man. It's got to be so, <laughs> so flat. And there's new models all the time. You know, right. there's, there's variations and big engines and mm-hmm. you know all kinds of things happening. So uh, Bentley, very much a company in the news recently. And uh, one other thing I should mention is that um, you know Bentley is owned by Volkswagen Group. Uh, so, you know, for those of us who are, you know, thinking like, well, who owns who anymore in the automotive industry? Because there's been so much change recently. Yeah, it's complicated. Still owned under, uh, the Volkswagen Group. They have since, they have been owned by VW since 1998. Uh, and, you know, Sounds like an odd pairing, but VW, if you remember, they have Audi, Bentley, Bugatti, Lamborghini, mm-hmm. a number of uh, luxury makes as well. So, um, I don't know. Interesting company. Interesting company. We've got to talk about one thing though before we go. I can, I can, I can hear you wrapping up, kind of. Ah, kind of. I got one little piece of related listener mail that I want to cover at the end here. All right, good. So everybody acts surprised when we do listener mm-hmm. mail. Um, also, the the Bentley, as we've talked about in the beginning of this, in modern day, is sort of associated with celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of uh, celebrities owning it. In in our article on how stuff works, we mention. Um, people like Kobe Bryant or Paris Hilton owning Bentleys. Oh, wait a minute. Doesn't Paris Hilton have a pink Bentley or something like that? Well. I think so. Does she? I think so. You know, I can't see pink, right, Scott? No, I didn't you know that. that. I'm partially colorblind. No kidding. Yeah, so it's an man. invisible car. It's just another. <laughs> yeah, I wish. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would paint everything pink. <laughs> no, it all looks gray to me. But, um. Mm. Yeah, so there's uh we we have this associated uh with celebrities in the popular culture. There's another thing that's really cool that you can do with Bentleys and that is use their driving courses. Oh, cool. If you're a Bentley owner, they have some driving courses. Now, before you get excited, uh fellow United Staters, uh there's only one course available in the US. But there there are a couple different kinds. There's one that'll teach you uh what they call a personal driving course. Um, that's where you work with a personal trainer to correct any bad driving habits because you don't want to break a car like this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a driving dynamics course, which I think you would really enjoy, Scott, mm-hmm. because that's that's how to work with the vehicle, what kind of what you can do to maximize performance from Just it. Just like adverse conditions, that type of thing? Yeah, braking in emergency situations, cool. those kind of steering. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah, there's, uh, this one is only in England. There's a chauffeur and owner driver course. Oh, very nice. Only Bentley, eh? Very nice. <laughs> and then there's a, a defensive driving course. Oh, that would also be fun. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. I would, I would enjoy any of those except for maybe, maybe being the chauffeur in the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, I don't know what would be included in that. Uh, it's well, hard, hard from to imagine. Our description, uh, it's, Includes everything a driver might need to know about driving and caring for a Bentley Auto. It's five day course. Also, oh, it's not just driving; it's care also. Right. I think it's it's the maintenance, and then there's also a course on driver etiquette. 
So it's you know how do you how do you become a good chauffeur? Oh, very nice. So very nice. You can't just because from what I understand, and uh, I have never been a chauffeur. You have you have to try to be nice to the people you're driving. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're driving a taxi. That's critical. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. All the taxi drivers I've I've uh, been around are awesome. So please don't send me any hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know I'm going to get you out of this because uh, maybe we should uh, talk about that listener mail that we mentioned. I think that's a great idea. I got one here from uh, Mark, and Mark is from Louisiana, or at least Mark was in Louisiana, because this one comes from a while back. I knew I had heard something about Bentley in our listener mail a while back, so I just did a word search and found this um, vaguely related, but I figured it it fit in this one. Um, So Mark uh, works at an offshore oil field right now and has a a two-and-a-half-hour drive down to uh, part of Louisiana where he catches a boat to go to work, actually. I do. I remember this oh, email. This no, was really? yeah. This okay. is a this is an oldie. This goes way back. This is like October of last year. Um, so he says, you know, I found the the How Stuff Works podcast, and through you know through that, found our podcast, Car Stuff. Um, so listening to the show uh, called An Ounce of Prevention, where we mentioned um, you know <laughs> yeah. maintenance, right? Yeah. And we mentioned the the cost associated with a Ferrari at the thirty thousand mile uh, maintenance mark. Uh, which made him think of when he was a shop manager at a high-end auto shop for a short time. And he says there were two jobs that stuck out in his mind. Uh, the first was a re- replacement of a heater core on an early 2000s model Jaguar XJ8. Uh, he said the heater core cost is about 300 bucks, which that's expected. Sure. Uh, but we charged $100 for labor, and the job took 30 hours to complete. What? So the entire job cost about 3300 bucks. Uh, for this heater core on a Jaguar. Now, here's the part that I thought, you know, was relevant for today. Uh, the other job that stands out in his mind was an oil change for a 2004 Bentley Arnage. Care to take a guess, Ben? Oh, man. It's well, not as outlandish as 3300 okay, bucks. Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, 200 bucks. Nope. Double that. 400 bucks. 400 bucks. 400 bucks for an oil change on a, on a 2004 Bentley Arnage. The reason is the filter was about $120. Okay. And it took 12 quarts of high-end synthetic oil to complete the job. 12 quarts of high-end synthetic. That's, that's an awful lot of oil. That's a, that's a lot more than that I would really think. is. I mean, 400 bucks for an oil change, that's, uh, that's pretty remarkable. I know there's some big trucks out there now mm-hmm. that are probably in this ballpark. You know, they used a lot of synthetic oil or yeah, a very specific kind of, of diesel oil. Sure. Um, however, you know, typically if you're talking about just a sedan, you know, yeah. Do it in your own garage. Do, do it yourself. Project uh, between twenty and fifty dollars if you buy the good stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's probably you know ballpark. Right. Um. That's unbelievable. Four times as much, or, or rather, I'm sorry, eight times as much. Mm-hmm. Eight times as much. But I, I imagine a lot of Bentley owners would say you get what you pay for. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, maybe you don't put that many miles on this car. Who knows? But uh, they're meant to be driven. They're a road car. Mm-hmm. Grand touring car. You're supposed to be taking them on long, long trips. Oh man, you know, I, uh, I kind of wanted one for a time. It's so, it was so lame, Scott. I a felt, Bentley, really? I, well, I felt because of the Ben thing. I felt kind of like a. <laughs> I'm kidding, not because of that. <laughs> they, they just, they're really nice cars. Yeah, they really are. And and they're not showy. They're understated. Mm-hmm. They're they're uh, dignified. They is are a good they're word. very very dignified. Um, and I became sort of an automobile hipster uh, because. When they became very, very popular, uh, recently, you know, of course, they, they've become very popular, uh, 
I didn't want one anymore. They were just too mainstream. Oh, I see. I because see. I had to be cool. I wanted to uh, get one of those little tadpole design three-wheel vehicles. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Bentley will take uh, that fourth wheel off for me. Uh, maybe. And, and I can get Mulliner to customize three-wheel it. three-wheel Bentley. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do. Stranger things have happened. Uh, guys, we're about to wrap this up. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, we're going to head out. Um, if you want to contact us and let us know about your experience with Bentleys or your opinion on what kind of topic we should cover next, find us on Facebook. You can give us a holler at Twitter. Uh, you can read our article on this by our very own Jonathan Strickland on our website. And if you want to just cut out the middleman, go ahead and send us an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House to Fork's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.